My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see us, that you hear us. We adore you with profound reverence. We ask pardon for our sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. Our Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, our Father and Lord, our Guardian Angel, intercede for us. Lord, you have called us here tonight to be with you. And it's worth praying on the fact that, that, that we're each called, that, that you, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord of all things, the God of gods, has wanted this time with us, with me, with you. And it's worth, it's worth just pausing to, to think about that for a moment. God himself has desired that you are here this evening. God himself has called you, beloved son, beloved daughter. And God himself has called you to be his disciple. And that's no small thing. It has, through the, through the ages, become a, a bit of a misunderstanding that only a select few are called to be saints. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Each Christian is called to be a saint. Right? Our Lord says, be perfect, as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Well, easier said than done, Lord. But each of us is called to be a saint, and a great one at that. Each of us has a mission. Each of us has been entrusted with a particular vocation each of us is sent out to do some, something great in the Lord's name, whatever the Lord's will may be. On Monday of this week, we are reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6. And he speaks about his ministry. His ministry is one of those words that we hear about all the time. And maybe it's worth delving into that word just a little bit. He says, We cause no one to stumble in anything in order that no fault may be found with our ministry. On the contrary, in everything we commend ourselves as ministers of God, through much endurance, in afflictions, hardships, constraints, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, vigils, fasts, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in unfeigned love, in truthful speech, in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness at the right and at the left, through glory and dishonor, insult and praise. It sounds epic. This ministry that Paul speaks of, and yes, I do think he's speaking of his personal ministry as a presbyter, as an apostle, the least among the apostles, as he calls himself. But I think he's also referring to the ministry of every Christian. He may be saying our ministry and using the royal we, but he could also be saying our ministry, Christians. Our ministry to bring the word to every corner of the world. 
That word ministry, it's something we just say all the time, but it, it has its root, its root in Latin, for the word that means uh, an, an attendant, a servant, a ser- server, or a, a waiter, someone who serves. And that's not a bad definition of a Christian. Someone who serves. I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a servant of the Lord. I say, okay, Lord, what's your will? And then I do that. Who of us among us, among, uh, in this crowd right now, doesn't do that, right? We, that's what we always say. Lord, I just want to do your will, Lord. Now, sometimes we do it begrudgingly. Sometimes we fear what the Lord's will may be. But we have this heartfelt desire to do the Lord's will. To be his servants, to be his ministers. There is, and there's, we won't get into kind of the, the misunderstandings of the council, but the, the, the Second Vatican Council is such a beautiful one. And it speaks about each Christian having this universal call to holiness. That each and every one of us is meant to be a great saint. And something was lost along the way. I think, I think we kind of lost that. Because especially in our changes of the liturgy, we start to think, well, I'm only really participating in Holy Mass if I'm the priest, or I'm the deacon, or I'm the altar server, or an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, or uh, in the ministry of lector, or an usher, and only, only in those ways am I really part of the Mass. Am I really like a full-fledged Christian? No. No, no, we, we all participate. You know, I say, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be made acceptable to God the Almighty Father. And let's not forget that at Holy Mass, the one who acts the one who accomplishes something great is not us, but the Lord. It is the Lord's work. This is from a beautiful book called Reclaiming Vatican II, and then in parentheses, and what it actually said. Right? He says this, God is the main actor of the sacred liturgy and its central focus. It is he who initiates the action, not us. Active participation does not only means singing hymns, serving as an extraordinary minister of the Eucharist, or ushering people during communion. These are all good things, and there is a place for them in certain circumstances, but they are secondary, not primary to active participation. Before all else, active participation means to be contemplatively and prayerfully engaged in the liturgical action of the Mass, the traditions and official prayers of the Church. Thus, the real action of the liturgy, in which we are all supposed to participate in, is the action of God himself. You wouldn't say that you participated less in a wedding because you witnessed it. No, indeed, the witnesses, the two witnesses, the two chosen witnesses, they indeed participate almost as much as the, (laughs) not quite as much, but But next to the bride and the groom, they are the other important participants. This wedding needs witnesses. 
And the wedding feast of the Lamb needs witnesses. There's something missing. I've, I've celebrated a few Masses um, without a server or without the people of God present. And the Mass is meant to be, I say, you know, very often the, I turn to the people and I say, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. And there's no one there to have it participated in. And indeed, it's not mass, mass, unless it needs to be, it's not to be celebrated without the people. Why? Because you're an integral part of this. Can mass happen without, you know, without Joe Bob being there? Yeah, sure. Right. But he actively participates in Holy Mass in a tremendous way. He is not a second-class citizen among the faithful. We all have our roles, our particular roles to play. And we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I will serve you. Lord, enthroned here on the altar, I will serve you. Now this is the, this is the, the battle call, the battle cry of the angels and the saints. And it is the exact opposite of the battle cry of what the devil repeats time and time again. The devil says, non serviam, I will not serve. I will do my own thing. It's about me. It's not about you, Lord. In his pride. And the angels and the saints and you and I, we can say, serviam, I will serve. St. Jose Maria says, one often has to force oneself to, to humble oneself and say repeated to the Lord in earnest, Serviam, I will serve. Indeed, he encourages folks to have that as the first word on their lips when they wake up in the morning. The alarm goes off, turn off the alarm, and on your knees, you kiss the ground and say, Serviam, I will serve. What a beautiful way to begin the day. And then from that point on, come, come what may, Lord, I've, I've begun at least on the right track. I've begun, Lord, with a declaration that I wish to serve you, that I wish to be like the saints and the angels, and so you, serve you wholeheartedly. Indeed, all of us are called to serve the Lord, to be ministers of the Lord. We all have different ministries. I can't fulfill yours. You can't fulfill mine. Your ministry as mother, father, brother, sister, godparent, that's yours and yours alone. The Lord has entrusted you with this person, with your spouse, with your neighbor, with your child, with your friend, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. He has not entrusted them to me, not in the same way. He's entrusted them to you. You have a particular ministry to them, to those who walk this earth with you, who walk beside you. In Lumen Gentium, in, from the Second Vatican Council, it writes, It is evident to everyone that all the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life. 
and to the perfection of charity. You are called to be a saint. No more and no less than any priest or religious. You are called to be a saint. In your particular vocation, it is something no one else can do. You're the only one who is there. The Lord has entrusted much to you. So Lord, give us not just a an acceptance of your will that we have one particular ministry and not another one, but a joy in the particular ministry that you have given us. An acceptance of, a joy in, and a confidence in you that whatever particular ministry you have sent me into the world to do, whatever particular service, that is, that you have sent me into the world to do, you will provide for. Lord, with you, I have everything I need to become a saint. And Lord, if we come to you day after day, time and time again, you'll come to you and say, okay, Lord, what is your will? How might I serve? We know you will tell us. Let us be like Our Lady who upon hearing the very particular and awesome vocation that our Lord has in store for her, says, essentially, I will serve. Behold, I am the handmaid, the servant, the minister of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Give us the purity, humility, and devotion with which our Most Holy Mother received her vocation and received you, Lord. Amen. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me during this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.